Welcome to the podcast of Rainbow Family Christian Center with Pastors Horace and Patricia Drumming. We would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you are impacted, inspired, and encouraged by the Word of God. Let's check out today's message. Hallelujah. 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 He will never fail us. He will never fail us. Hallelujah. I hear him say, I'm the same. I do not change. I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So we thank you, Lord God, that you are a God that never changes. We thank you, Lord God. You will never fail us, Father God. There is no failing you, Father God. We thank you and we praise you, Father God, that you, Lord, are not slacking your promises, Father God. And what you have promised, Father God, that you will do. And what you have done in the past, you will do again, Lord, in the name of Jesus. So we thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, and give you glory for what it is you, Lord, that we are here to just thank you and worship and praise you, Father God. God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Glory to God. God is good. God is good all the time, right? He is good. Lord, we just thank you. We praise you this morning, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You are good. It's hard sometimes to move from that spot because it's such a sweet place. But I know he just said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I do not change. I change not. I change not. Hallelujah. Well, good morning. You may be seated. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Well, good morning, good morning uh, to those who are joining us here in the sanctuary and to those who are joining us by social media. Um, Good morning. My name is Minister Tammy Wright. I am one of the daughters of the house here, and I've been walking with uh, Pastor Horace and Miss Pat for a very, very long time. Um, and I just wanted to just probably go first. Let me just say I thank Jesus for my Lord, my Savior, for being my Lord. And I know that he loves me. Amen. And he loves you, too. And I honor him in that. And I honor Pastor Horace and Miss Pat for giving the opportunity to stand here. I don't count it lightly. Um, as I say, I've, no, I've known him for a very, very long time, and, you know, one thing that I can really say is that they are uh, men and women of God who truly love God and honor God and are very, very faithful in the work and the ministry that God has placed them in, and that's an honor for me to serve under them. Um, I've always said, you know, we used to we talk about blue ribbon sheep, I think we got that back when we were in Tulsa. We talk about blue ribbon sheep, and those are sheep who, who graze in the green pastures real close to the pasture there. Well, sometimes my ribbon wasn't all that blue, okay? <laughs> and might have a little bit of chats and everything, but I know where to come home, amen? <laughs> you got to know where to, where to come home to. Can't be out there wandering, okay? 
Amen, amen. But I do thank Pastor Horns and Miss Pat for this opportunity. Well, we want to get into the word this morning. Amen. You guys ready for the word? Amen. Ready for the word. Ready for the word. Um, let us pray. Well, Father God, I just thank you, Lord, this morning. I thank you and I praise you, Father God, for those who are listening and joining in by social media and those who are here, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that you have a God word for each and every person. I yield to you, Holy Spirit. I decrease so that you may increase. Fill my mouth with your words so that those who hear, Father God, will hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church today, Lord God. So I thank you and I praise you, Father God, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Well, this morning, my title is, Are You Living a Resurrected Life? Are you living a resurrected life? And as I was meditating on this, you know, God gave me the title before I even got the, <laughs> the message. Um, but I knew that I, was become, I will be coming up here, and this is like post-resurrection. We just celebrated Resurrection Sunday last Sunday. But God was speaking to me, and he was telling me, he said, you know, it's, it's just not an event where it's just one day. This is something that we're supposed to be walking in on in a daily basis, knowing what he has already done for us. But the body of Christ sometimes looks very familiar to the world. And he said, I need to shake them up so that they are not walking in carnality, but walking by the spirit of God. And so he said, it's now time. He said, it's time today to get it right because there should be a difference in how we look and how the church looks as opposed to the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. So uh, what I want to do is talk to you about, I'm going to have four points, and I pray by the Spirit of God I can get through these <laughs> um, because I have a, a parable that I like to tell you after this too, and it, it will bring it home. But I will have four points talking about are you, how you live a resurrected life. Amen. Because we got to think about what Jesus did for us on the cross. Okay, so he redeemed us so that we can be reconciled back to God. And because we are reconciled back to God, we have a new nature. And sometimes we don't walk in that new nature. And God is like, yes, that I am not pleased with. I'm not pleased with. But let's first look at what Jesus did on the cross when he said it is finished. Amen? Amen. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to be reading from the NLT for this version. The NLT, Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. Okay, Romans 8, 1 through 8, NLT. And it reads, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. 
And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about the sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that pleases the spirit. So letting your sinful nature, nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. My first point is a resurrected life is living a life that is no longer dominated by the sinful nature. So you see, when Jesus died and then he rose from the dead, we ourselves we die when we come into Christ. There's a dying that comes into Christ, and then we are resurrected. What's dying? That old nature. That old nature. It reminds me of water baptism. It's water, like water baptism. When you go down and you, and you are submerged, you're going down as one with that old nature. But when you come back up, you have a new nature. When we go and get into Christ, this is what happens to us. And God, from that point on, we are no longer married to that law. Because Paul said, he used an analogy of, you know, it was, that law was your husband. But when Jesus, when Jesus did what he did on the cross, he broke that power so that it no longer would be able to control you. And sometimes in our minds, we thinking that we're still stuck and defeated, but he broke it, and he said, it doesn't have any power over you. It has no power. I don't care what it is. You know, it could be a mindset. It could be things that, you know, have bound you, but he said it has no power over you. It's, it's, it doesn't, but sometimes we can't think that in our mind and think that we're in a defeated situation, and God is like, no, no. We don't, we don't need to feel that defeat. The, that flesh has no control over you. It no longer has the power to dominate you. But you do have a choice to yield to it, okay? We do have a choice to yield to it. We make decisions every day, every day. You know, we can't say we the type of prayer. Oh, you know, it's kind of hard for me. We make decisions every day. We make decisions what we're going to eat. We make decisions what we're going to wear. We make decisions how we're going to do our hair. We make decisions every day. But it's all about making the right choices every time, every step of the way. Because the power of the sin nature does not have to dominate you. It does not have to dominate you. When he says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone, doesn't leave anybody out, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So when that old nature tries to sneak up, he's like, mm, no, no, no. 
No, I, I, that right there, that is, Jesus took care of that on the cross. I am now walking in a, in a new man, in a new nature. And we're going to talk about, you know, how do I do that? Because a lot of times that's where people are. I just got saved, and I'm, I don't know. I, you know, I was entangled. I call it entanglements. <laughs> There's a, there are entanglements, the things that we get into with, for sin. But it's the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit, right? Thank God for the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that will do a work on the inside of us. It's the Holy Spirit. And so when you first get saved, the Holy Spirit comes in. He comes into your temple to live and abide there. So you can't say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just bound. No, we got the Holy Spirit who is more powerful than any simple nature, than this flesh that we have more powerful but sometimes we just think that what our struggles are and what we're going through are so much stronger than the power of God but it's not it's got to bow down because Jesus took care of it on the cross amen he took care of it on the cross when I read Galatians let's go to Galatians chapter 5 and we're going to read 16 through 18. And this is going to lead me to the point I was getting ready to get into, which is my second point here. So Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. And I'm reading from the, the Passion Version. And it reads, let me emphasize this. And this is Paul speaking here. As you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. That's your flesh. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the spirit. But when you yield to the life of the spirit, you will no longer be living under the law, but soaring above it. That's my second point. A resurrected life is a life that is yielded and empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is so crucial. If we are going to not walk in a sinful nature, and not walk according to what we think, but according to what the Spirit of God thinks, there's a yielding that we have to do on a daily basis. On a daily basis. And again, I just talked about choices. It's a choice to go ahead and to yield. You know, Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will let you go ahead and, and do your entire day yourself. And I don't know about you, but I've done that before, and it wreaked havoc. Okay, things, some things you just can't even, you know, take back. But I'm going to tell you, being able to yield allows you to have a very sensitive ear to what God is speaking. Holy Spirit is God's spirit. It's God speaking to you. And the way that you, you know, you can yield. This is one way that I know that I, I yield. I started doing this recently. I don't know why I didn't do it years ago. Um, well, I know why, because I was trying to live my own life. <laughs> But um, <laughs> that's what happens, okay? Sometimes it takes a little longer. Um, 
<laughs> but what God started really uh, showing me, he said, Tammy, when you, when you get up, begin to, you know, after you pray, just begin to ask me, what's on the agenda? What do you, what's on your agenda, Lord, for me today? What's on the agenda that you have for me today? Not my agenda, but his agenda. Because my agenda was messing up a whole lot of things. It's his agenda. And when I started doing that, and I'm talking about being led by the Spirit of God, then different encounters started happening. Different uh, things that people that God was sending, and you knew that you had a God word, and, and you knew it was a God word for them. And I'm not saying that you have to be a minister. I'm not talking about being, we're all ministers of reconciliation. This is where God wants the body of Christ, and this is why we cannot look like the world. We got to come out from that and be able to yield to the Spirit of God so that we can minister, because time is short. Time is really short. It's winding up because of the, the places and the things that we're experiencing right now. The, the signs of the times in Matthew 24 let you know that he is coming back really soon. But is he coming back to a church without spot and wrinkle? Is he coming back to a church that's led by the Spirit of God? Or is he coming back to a carnality church? And, then, and that carnality hurts people. We hurt people. We talk about people. We, you know, we use our mouth to slander. We, we do all these things. And it's like God is like, I'm not pleased in that. I'm not, I'm not pleased in that. I need you to, to walk in the Spirit because there's a work that I have. There are people that need to be reached. And this time, there's so many people hurting, so many people scared, fear. Even though we have the vaccination, it's still a fear out there. It's still a fear out there. And, and I'm going to tell you, you know, I, and this is just me, you know, I would just say that, you know, I don't know if it ever go back the same, to be honest. And so we're going to have to live by the Spirit of God. These are the times that we live. You're going to have to. You're not going to be able, because you're going to have to, you're going to be able, you have to know when the Spirit tells you, no, don't turn here. Uh, no, go over here. No, don't go until this time. You, you're going to have to trust the Spirit. I'm so serious about because it's, it's time for us to not be walking the way that we've walked for so many years. And I'm talking to myself as well. These are things that the Spirit of God was dropping in my spirit. And he said, because if not, we'll be defeated. If, if we are bound in our sinful nature and, and in the flesh, and the flesh is dominating us, we will never be able to walk in the Spirit. You will never be able to walk in the Spirit. Because, because there's so much bound, you know, in, in you. And we don't realize when we're doing that, that we are uh, walking in a manner that kind of pushes us away. Because God is, God is not pleased. He's not pleased. So he's like, no, I need you to walk in the Spirit. I need you to walk in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pastor's been telling us to pray in the Spirit. You know, he started us off with 10 minutes and then 20 minutes and then, you know, 30 minutes, 40. He's trying to get us up to an hour, up to an hour a day because it's that crucial to go ahead and pray in the Spirit of God because it's the Spirit of God that we need because the Spirit of God knows God. The Spirit of God will tell us. It will guide us. It will lead us. He's a helper. This is why Jesus said, I, we, you're going to need, it's expedient that I go away. You're going to need this helper. You're going to need this. He's just not the one that gives you goosebumps. <laughs> but he's the one that will guide you. He's the one that will produce that spirit from the, the fruit, 
you know, of love, joy, peace. He's the one that changes us from the inside out. We need the spirit of God. Oh, my gosh, to just be able to yield to him and allow him to transform us. Hallelujah. My third point is that resurrected life is a life that truly seeks Jesus and finds that person who does that truly seeks Jesus and finds their true life in him. And as I was, I'll, I'll read that again. As a, a resurrected life is a life that truly seeks Jesus and finds their true life in him. That tells me anything that I'm trying to seek, anything that is outside of God is a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit. That our life can, we can only find our true life in him. Everything is in Jesus Christ. Everything is in him. And so many times we are holding on to things that God is like, I, I don't want you holding. You're, we're trying to find comfort, trying to get satisfied in things that we're holding on to. And he said, only Jesus can satisfy. Amen. Only Jesus can satisfy. He is the only one that can satisfy. And the, sometimes those, that sinful nature and those things that we actually are holding on to or married to, but we're supposed to be married to Christ. Aren't we the bride of Christ? Yeah. Ah, we're the bride of Christ, but sometimes we're married to the, that sinful nature. But again, that first point, sin no longer has the power to dominate you. You are no longer married to it. You are no longer married to it. You got a divorce. Amen? <laughs> it's dead. It's dead. It's dead. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. And I'm going to read from the Passion Version. It says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life, and now your true life is hidden away in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed for you are now one with him in his glory. Amen. So to be able to find Christ, to seek Christ out, you will find your true life. You will find, I think about in Christ realities, okay? In Christ, in Christ, in Christ, if you're looking for joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you're looking for peace, he says, it's in Christ. He says, I will give you peace. I'll give you a peace that passes all understanding. Amen. If you're looking for hope, it's in Christ. He tells us that hope never disappoints and that he is our hope. And therefore, he never disappoints. If you're looking for love, it's in Christ. He said that he is love and that he will never leave you nor forsake you and that he will be with you even to the end of the earth. If you're looking for healing, it's in Christ. He says that he is our healer and that by his stripes we are healed. 
If you're looking for direction, it's in Christ. He says that he guides our every footstep and that our steps are ordered by him. If you're looking for help, it's in Christ. I am your very present help in a time of trouble. Whatever you are looking for, it's in Christ. So will we try to seek to satisfy and comfort? As I said before, if we're trying to seek it outside of Christ, it's a counterfeit. It's not real. And I'm going to tell you, sin has its, it has its pleasures, but it's very temporal. It's very temporal. The things that pleases us is very temporal. It will not last. But what Jesus has will last. And, and I guarantee you that you will never thirst again. There's full satisfaction in him. Full satisfaction in him. So like the, the, the thought that came to my mind at this point is like, what is that one thing that I might hold on to? thinking that I can't live without? Or what am I fearful of surrendering over to Christ? That's, that's something I just, just ponder, you know, on that. Um, I want to go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 through 10. Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. And I'm going to read from the Passion again. To truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord and all of his greatness. My passion is to be consumed with him and not cling to my own righteousness based in keeping the written law. My only righteousness will be his based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the very righteousness that God, that comes from God. And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. I will be one with him in his sufferings and become like him in his death. That is point number four. To truly know Jesus is to let go. Mm. To truly know Jesus is to let go. Let go of those paradigms of, you know, that's just how I am. That's how I grew up. That's what we did um, in our life. It's, that's just the way I am. We got to let go of those paradigms. I think about Peter. Peter was operating in a, in a paradigm, you know. Peter didn't even realize what man or spirit, spirit that he was. Because, you know, he's I'm not going to deny you, Jesus. I'm not going to deny him. Jesus said, no, you're going to deny me three times before the, the rooster crows there. You're going you're gonna to deny me three. But he didn't even know. Sometimes we don't even understand and know what manner of spirit that we operated in. And that we operate in this flesh so much it has become a part of us, but we don't even know that we're supposed to be walking in a new nature. And that's where Peter was. But Jesus came back during the post-resurrection to restore him. He restored Peter. And Peter, you know, Peter was the one who cut off the ear of the soldier, the Roman soldier in the actual uh, Garden of Gethsemane. Again, Peter's paradigm was, I can take care of this. I can handle this. I got this. And sometimes that's where we are. I, I got this. I, I can do this. And he's saying, no, I need you to go ahead and just submit to the Spirit of God. And you're going you're gonna to do this differently. It's going to look differently for you. So 
Peter was one of those ones that had a paradigm shift. Thomas had a paradigm shift because Thomas was in post-resurrection. Thomas was like, well, I don't really believe, you know, that y'all saw Jesus. I, you know, I'm not going to see it and I'm not going to believe it until I can see the nail prints in his hand and the, the scar from the side of his body there. So it's like he had to see it to believe it. Is that a paradigm shift that we have? Are we going to walk by faith and not by sight? That's a paradigm shift. That's, that's what I'm talking about. To truly, let, to truly know Jesus is to let go. It's to let go. And it is a heart issue. It is a heart issue. To be in Christ is to have your heart totally surrendered in him. To live a life resurrected is to live a life totally surrendered, and in, surrendered to him and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen? I do want to, see, I told you time goes by so fast. <laughs> but I do want to say this, and we don't have to turn, turn there. And I'm just going to read from a particular scripture in Romans 7, 6. But now that you have been fully released from the power of the law, we are dead to what once controlled us. What we don't want to let go of is what we are married to, but we embrace it instead because we think it comforts us, but instead it hurts us. How long must it take to let go of what you're married to and declare dead what God has already declared dead? Amen? Amen. Mm. Yes. How long must it take? <laughs> I will say it again. How long must it take to let go of what you are married to and declare dead what God has already declared dead. Whew. I want to tell, I will, I will say, I, I do want to say this before I go into the parable. What I had in my spirit, God said, you have to let go. You have to let go in order to be able to flow in the spirit of God. There is a flow that God wants us to walk into. So the old ways of the ungodly thinking, the ungodly habits, appetites, attitude, um, you know, self-focus, all these things are the sinful nature that God is saying, I need you to, to come out, out of, and I need you to rise up and walk in the power that I know that my church is supposed to be walking in, in this day and hour, in this day and hour. Now is the time. Now is the time. That's why he's, when he said it is finished, we don't have a sin problem at all. It is finished. It is finished. Amen. It's already done in the spirit. Amen? Amen? Amen. I do want to just talk about, I just want to give a, uh, some parable that I actually um, heard. Uh, Faith, actually, Minister Faith shared this with me from um, evangelist Daniel Kalenda. He, it's a story, it's not a real story, but it's a story that Rahart Bonke used to um, actually say whenever he was at his evangelistic crusades. And Rahan Barkey was an evangelist. He's no longer with us. He's with the Lord, but a very powerful man of God. And um, millions, you know, millions, millions were saved under his ministry. But he would tell this story quite a bit, and I wanted to tell this story. It's a story about a wealthy man who lived in a mansion, and he had a total of 10 bedrooms in his mansion, and one day, there was a knocking at the door, and the man answered the door. And who's standing there but Jesus? And Jesus is shining like the sun, 
And when the man saw Jesus, he was so excited. And he said, oh, Jesus, please, please come into my house. Please come into my house. I've heard so much about you, so many amazing things. I've heard how you save people. I've heard how you wash people clean and how you have forgiven people, how you break chains and set people free. Oh, how blessed, how blessed it is for you to be here. I need you in my life. I want you to be my guest. And he says to the Lord, if you would come into my house, if you would be my, my guest, I'll do something very special for you. He said, I'll give you the very best room in my house. It's the room upstairs. It's the master bedroom suite. It's got the biggest uh, walk-in shower and the biggest window with a panoramic view. It's gorgeous, Jesus. If it's for you. It's the biggest and it's the best and it's yours if you want it. And of course, Jesus is a gentleman and he accepts the offer. And he goes inside and he says, thank you. And he goes upstairs to the room. And that man was very happy, and he thought he had done something very wonderful. But that night, there was a knock at the door. And this was not a gentle knock. This was a terrible knocking. And when the man heard the knocking on the door, he wondered, who could it be at this time of night? And he thought, I should look outside the door to see who could, this could be. So he cracked the door open, and he looked outside. And you know who's standing there? The devil. <laughs> And when the man saw the devil, he was like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want you in my house. I don't want you. I've heard about you, how you torment people, how you bind people to addictions and fears and tears. I don't want you in my house. And he tried to shut the door, but the devil had already put his big toe in the, in the crack of the door. You know, that's how the devil does. All he needs is a little crack, right? Just need a little crack to get in. And then what he, the devil does, because the man tries to shut the door, the devil burst in. He burst into this man's house, and this man, he tormented this man all night long. He was struggling and fighting, and, but he was no match for the devil. And he did this all night until, the, until dawn. And as dawn approached, the devil slips out the back door. You know, that's what he does. He slips out the back door, and then Jesus comes down, and, and when Jesus comes down, the man suddenly remembers, I forgot you were here in my house. I forgot that you were here in my house. And he said, oh, Lord, you know, I, I, I just so, you know, I just had a time of just struggling and, you know, was tormented, you know, all night long. And Jesus says to him, but you only gave me one room. You only gave me one room in your house. And he said, oh, we can fix that. We can fix it. You can fix that. I will give you 50-50, Lord. I'll give you 50-50. You can have the top half, and then I'll take the bottom half, right? So he thought that was really good, right? Well, night comes again. Jesus goes upstairs and knock at the door again. Who is it? It's the devil again. <laughs> it's the devil. And the devil does the same thing to him. And he is tormenting him and, and everything until... Um, the break of dawn, you know, all, filling in with all these temptations and, and just torment. And again, no match for the devil. So he slips out, the devil slips out, and uh, Jesus comes downstairs this morning. And just about that time, as he's coming downstairs, he sees, he sees Jesus. But this time, the man is angry. He is angry. And he's like, I don't, I don't, under, I don't understand, you know, um, 
I've given you, what's, what's wrong? I've given you half of my, my, my house. I, I gave you five out of 10 rooms, including the very best room that I've given you, but you still didn't do anything to help me. He says, okay, sir, just calm down. He said, um, truly, you have given me five rooms, but the other five belong to you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You're right. You're right. So he said, you know what? I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you nine rooms. <laughs> I'm going to give you nine rooms, but I'm going to keep that one, that one room, because that room is very personal. This, that room is, is what I hold on to. This this. I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed, and I don't even want to show you, Lord, that I, this is what I get satisfied from. I, I just need to keep this room. But you can have the nine. You can have the nine. And again, night falls, and y'all know what happened, right? Knocking at the door, and it's the devil, right? And the devil does the same thing to him. He does the same thing all night long. He's tormented until dawn. And then the devil slips out the back door and Jesus comes down. And he says, Lord, why won't you help me? This man is crying now. He's no longer angry with Jesus. He's crying. Lord, why won't you help me? I've given so much of my house. I've given you nine rooms. And Jesus put his arm around the man and says, sir, let me help you. He said, it's true. You've given me nine rooms in this house. But you, sir, are the owner of this house. The title deed is in your name. And if you're the owner of this house, you must also be the protector and you must also be the provider of this house. You are the master of this house and I am just a guest. The Lord says, sir, let me give you some advice. Instead of inviting me to live in your house, give your house to me and I will invite you to live in my house. And in that moment, he got the revelation and he understood what Jesus was saying. And he realized that he had only invited Jesus in as a guest. And sometimes that's where we are. Jesus is just a guest, but he is not the master of our life. So he says, Jesus, you can have every room. You can have every door. Everything is yours. Everything is yours. And he gives them the keys. You are the owner of my house, Jesus. You are the owner of my house. Jesus says, thank you. He takes the keys and he goes upstairs. But this time when night comes, it's a little different story. <laughs> okay? It's a little different story. The devil comes knocking. Jesus, the man was about to open the door. Jesus says, step aside. Step aside. I got this. I got this. And he opens the door. Jesus doesn't crack the door. You know, the guy was just cracking. Jesus is bold. He is high and lifted up. He opens the door, okay? And the devil sees him, and the devil's like confused. <laughs> he's a little confused, and he says, he's look, well, he looks at the house number, and he's, oh, that's, am I at the right house? And he looks at Jesus, and he looks at the house number, and he looks at Jesus, and, and then the next thing, he does is the devil backs up and he bows down. Excuse me, sir, I came to the wrong house. That's powerful. 
this is what Jesus would do in our lives when we fully surrendered to him and walking by the spirit of God. He is our protector. He is a, we don't have to control and be the master of our own lives. That's what that sinful nature does because that's the worldly nature to go ahead and be the ruler and the master of your own life. But Jesus says, no, it's a full surrender. It's a full surrender. So I leave you with these two questions. What is it in that room that you might be still holding on to and feel like you can't let go of? And have you invited Jesus to your house as a guest or is he the master of your life? Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray. Let me just pray. Thank you, Lord. But Father God, I just thank you. I praise you, Father God, that we are yielded vessels to the Spirit of God and that we will no longer, Lord, walk in that natural manner and then in the flesh, Lord, but we will walk and be transformed by the Spirit of God. Having godly encounters and being able to be just truly used by you for this day and age and this time of life that we're in, Father God. So let me thank you, Lord. It's an honor and a privilege, Father God, just to be in the body of Christ. For you chose us, but we don't take that lightly, that you, Lord, have given us freedom. You've given us liberty, and we're not going to waste that liberty, Lord, on walking in a life that is not pleasing of you, but walking in a life that is yielded to the Spirit of God, fully surrendered, letting go of those things that we hold dear and most to our heart, Lord. We give everything over to you, Lord. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks again for joining us today. Here at Rainbow Family, our mission is to love God, love people, and change the world. If you would like to partner with us in any way, we encourage you to visit our website at rainbowfamilychristian.org.